0: Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V Vinci, registered counsellor, relationship and family therapist and founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. I help people get clear uh, with their overwhelm, basically, and set you up to get rid of the chaos and confusion uh, in your life to help you define what it is that you want and what you're looking for. For the last few weeks, we began looking at stress due to its impact across the board physically, mentally, and emotionally. The mind-body connection looked at what negative emotions actually do to the body when we don't recognize what's happening and or don't do anything to change it. And we followed that up with looking at the symptoms of stress. So then we went and looked at what's the difference between stress and anxiety. And this was a really important distinction because unmanaged stress leads to anxiety problems and disorders but in reverse if you manage your stress and avoid and you can avoid anxiety now let's flip this baby on its head and talk about healthy stress what yes i know after all that i briefly mentioned it earlier but stress is vital for us once again it is all a matter of language So stress is actually something that is positive for us and it can drive us to do more, be more, want more, can actually be a part of success and failure. We can master stress and use it to our benefit. And this is what we are talking about tonight. So there are three defining points for stress that embody everything we have talked about over the last few weeks. I'm going to break them down into three points so that this is an easy way for you to be able to really determine where you are in the scale and make an informed decision to change direction. Okay, the statements very much sum up an important part of mental health. You control where where you direct attention. All right, so let me repeat that. You control where you direct attention. If you control it, you get to change direction. You just need to know what part of the process you're in to know which way to head. I actually said to someone today that one of, I think, the human race's great superpowers that we have not tapped into is our ability to direct attention and really hone in on that. I think when you get to master that, it is seriously a superpower it's great I'm still learning it but when it works I'm always surprised at when it works but it's really really cool okay now studies no hang on so what I was gonna say there's a very thin line between the kind of stress that stimulates performance and the kind which kills it and that's where neuro research has proven so valuable so studies from the Neuro Leadership Institute revealed that there are three factors that the brain needs in order to perform at its function, uh, to function at its optimum level. All right, so number one, good sleep and nourishment, positive effect, which is a smile, positive feedback and achievement, and number three, no surprises, moderate stress. Okay, so I'm going to repeat them again. I'm going to actually repeat the statement. Three factors that the brain needs in order to function at its absolute peak. Good sleep and nourishment. We know that one. Positive effect. Yes, a smile. Positive feedback achievement. Not the, you know, positive mantra bullshit, but actual positive effect. It's where you are smiling because you feel happy. You want to put the positive vibes out there. Number three, moderate stress. This is why it's so vital. If you think about that, it, the brain needs moderate stress to function at its absolute optimum level. And the best bit, all of these areas are linked. So if you target any one of them for improvement, it has the benefit of affecting the others. So think about that. If you really um, intentionally choose good sleep, and nourishment, and you consistently apply that to good sleep and nourishment to yourself, you are going to affect all the others because you're going to feel good, so it means you're going to be smiling on the inside, and if we're all smiling on the inside, it actually reaches the outside. And what it's going to help with in terms of moderate stress is that when stuff either does go wrong or, you know, life just bloody well happens, you are going to be able to handle it. And that's the difference. That's what moderate stress is. Okay? Now, one of the questions that I pretty much ask everyone that comes into my office is what do you want? And if I could bottle the answer, I'd be a millionaire. And any guesses on what the answer is? You got any takers? Any takers whatsoever? No? I'm just going to tell you then it's happy. Everyone wants to be happy. Really? Happy? happy for me is a concept it's what you get as a result of something else but neuroscience does tell me that it is proven that happy people are more likely to be actively engaged in whatever they do so now there is an answer to how to be happier at least and guess what that is to be happy we need to reduce stress yet not eliminate it and that, in a nutshell, is life, isn't it? Too Not too much, not too little. The old Goldilocks tale. So those targets and deadlines which are stresses, can be positive if we are looking for ways to create an environment which nurtures the brain so it works at optimum levels. To be honest, this whole series of topics right back from week one looked at doing exactly that, stimulating your brain, to start thinking about issues in a new and different way now I figured it would be good to give you a visual in regard to positive stress so you could see what it looks like because let's be honest there's no sign that says good stress this way and this is why we often don't know when we've tipped over the edge toward problem stress or even realize that some of the stress you are feeling is actually helping you the hand up will be uh, the hand out We'll be up in the resources section in the next couple of days it might even be there now i'm not quite sure but it will be there so so there are three ways we group stress positive tolerable and toxic and i am going to go through each one for you stress has become somewhat a badge of honor you can pretty much hang out the front of any school drop-off zone after school sport venue Um, And, you know, you can hear a lot of mums especially wearing their badge with statements like, I'm so busy, I need to do this and I need to do this and I need to do this and then I need to go home and get dinner and crazy time. Now, please don't take me the wrong way. Do not crucify me about this. I am a mum. I know it's crazy life. And for those of you who know me personally who are on here, you know my life is crazy as well. But go back to the statement above. I want to stimulate your brain to look at old issues in a new way. So stress has become a badge of honour simply because of the demands society has placed on us and the demands we then place on ourselves. So COVID showed us in a way how much we are overscheduled ourselves and how much we overschedule our kids too in some instances. I hope that COVID has helped us all relook at what we did and what we do now because we definitely don't want a bunch of slothy kids but do we really need a bunch of stressed tired kids no that's not the answer either how can we teach our kids the fine line if we don't know it ourselves the future of any society depends on its ability to foster the healthy development of the next generation and that's our job to teach the new generation healthy stress, it's just that we just don't know the answer yet. All right, learning how to cope with adversity is an important part of healthy development for children. And when we, what we know already from our discussions over the last few weeks is that when we are threatened, our bodies prepare us to respond by increasing our heart rate, blood pressure, stress hormones, um, the cortisol. this happens to us as adults but it also happens in the exact same way to children so when a young child's stress response systems are activated with an environment of supportive relationships with adults these physiological effects are what we call buffered which means that it's almost like as long as there is a healthy um, available adult around the child it's almost like we put pillows around them and the result can be not as damaging okay so children who are or if you're exposed to extreme stress and long lasting stress and you don't have buffering relationships and around yourself or the child they can be really damaged and it can be weakened systems and brain architecture and a lifelong re- repercussions it can damage your damage you on a cellular level in terms of your immune system as well now what's cool about the descriptions above that relate to children is the same advice relates to adults so if we've got buffering relationships and that is supportive understanding impartial connections around us then we can handle both positive and the tolerable stress okay so remember positive tolerable toxic got two more fingers, an extra finger there, sorry about that. Now, where am I? Back to the groups of stress. It's important to distinguish between the three groups, all right? Positive stress is a normal and essential part of healthy development. It is characterized by brief increases in heart rate and mild elevations in hormone levels. So some situations that might trigger a positive stress result uh, response are the first day with at, at a new school or at a new workplace um, and that's you know because this res- relates to children as well oh hang on a minute i've missed i've disappeared on camera here so um the second one tolerable stress tolerable stress response activates the body's alert system to a greater degree. And as a result, to, it's more severe and longer lasting and the difficulties um, are more long-term, okay? So what can trigger that? Loss of a loved one, a natural disaster, or a frightening injury, an accident of some sort. If the activation of that stress response is time-limited and it's buffered by relationships with adults, then the brain and the other organs recover from what might otherwise be damaging, okay? So tolerable stress is what we go into when the shit hits the fan. The ability to manage how long we stay in that is determined by who's around us. And the quicker we can do that and we go back into um, positive stress, then we're in a good space, okay? So toxic stress takes you the other way that can occur when the experience is really strong frequent and prolonged all right so in regards to children or really probably in regards to anyone physical or emotional abuse uh, neglect um substance abuse mental illness exposure to violence those sorts of and even family economic hardship if you are exposed to that long term consistently without adequate adult support, whether you are a child or an adult, then that stress response can disrupt the development of the brain architecture. So in children, it can delay development and it it can even affect other systems, other organs and systems. It increases the stress, uh, the risk for stress-related disease and cognitive impairment. But if we apply that to adults, that's how some adults actually show up to me. You know, they are really not functioning to their capacity with their brain thinking, their high-order thinking. They don't know how to fix something. So, in a way, that's how I know they're in toxic stress. What we've been learning about over the last three weeks is toxic toxic stress. So it's stress that's prolonged, um, and the body's stress response system has kept going and so it's also called chronic stress if you are just joining us tonight go back and listen to the stress topics these will give you a really good rundown of toxic stress so learning how to cope with stress is an important part of development for both children and adults we do not need to worry about positive stress in children or adults it's short-lived and this is my big thing with parents that i see them come in and they're so stressed about their kids being stressed but stress is what teaches children positive stress is what teaches children the big word that everyone wants to buy from me resilience that's what teaches you let your kids be slightly stressed not overly stressed and not forever but let them be stressed that's how they learn emotional resilience now in fact we don't need to worry about tolerable stress which is more serious but if it is buffered by supportive relationships and is time limited it's okay as well it's actually what builds our emotional resilience it is our ability to know where we go from where it stops being tolerable and kicks into toxic we worry about toxic stress and we do everything in our control to avoid it. Now, I say in our control because obviously shit happens and we can't control all of that. It's knowing that we are entering into toxic stress and knowing how to get ourselves out. So, my key point of discussion tonight will really be focusing on positive and tolerable stress and, in particular, toler- tolerable stress. And knowing what that actually looks like, because that's the sneaky little sucker. We don't know when we hit it, so we don't know when we tip over it. So let's look at some of the factors which may cause tolerable stress to become intolerable. All right, so this is where we start to tip. Bear in mind with this list that the first um, statements will be something we experience at some point in our life. The second part of the statement is where we could see the factors increasing from tolerable to intolerable. So I'll I'll, I'll highlight it when we get to it. So first thing, experiencing personal problems, everybody gets it. The next bit though, this is where we start to tip and being unable to talk to anyone about them. All right experiencing personal problems and being unable to talk to anyone about them is when we start to head into tolerable stress because when we can't talk to someone about it we prolong the problem all right now this is this is what pisses me off about um, stigma of mental health and why I'm so passionate about it because the stigma is what stops people from opening up into their supportive relationships. there's their buffering adult, they won't say anything. And so it prolongs the problem. Okay, second one, experiencing problems with health. Yes, we're all going to get there, which are causing a lot of stress. So this is when something's going wrong and no one knows why. You know, when you start having these tests and there's all this, well, you know, it could be this, it could be that. That's, that's going to be heading into tolerable stress point because we don't know what it is. All right, always go back to point one. You need to have someone to talk to about them. It's always going to be the thing that can probably be the difference between staying in uh, tolerable stress and moving out of it. Okay, now I'll do the next lot quicker because you get the picture. Experiencing ongoing emotional problems such as guilt, depression, low self-esteem, grief, or even anger for a prolonged period of time. Um, experiencing problems with relationships and having frequent conflicts or feeling like there is a lack of support. Big changes in life. These include the death of a loved one, losing a job or moving. Experiencing issues with your family where you may be supporting a family member who is also dealing with a lot of stress or being a caregiver to someone who has serious health problems. That's a big that's a big area of stress for a lot of people. And we're getting a lot of people, middle-aged people, who are going into that phase of their children are leaving and they go, woo breathe. And all of a sudden, mum and dad become sick. And they're back in intolerable stress. Okay? Um, experiencing a conflict with values and beliefs and being unable to resolve them. that's where there's a misalignment internally and we've talked about that in our sessions before Um, internally and you don't know how to uh, resolve them and it gives you that sense of frustration that means you're going from experiencing a conflict with values and beliefs that's actually positive stress that actually makes us grow to be better than who we think we are the problem not being able to resolve them That's where we start to get stuck and we get this misalignment and we get trapped because it's like trying to break through the glass ceiling. Uh, Next one, experiencing poor and stressful living conditions or environments. We're there. COVID has done that to people. Experiencing problems with your social situation. Always feeling lonely. If you are discriminated against or if you are dealing with a lot of debt, you are in intolerable stress experiencing problems with your job or a lack of one. So some people may feel unhappy about what they do, or you may feel like your job is too demanding. And on the other hand, there is pressure because of unemployment and you may have lost a job. So while some of these um, are most common causes of intolerable stress, let's have a look at what you may notice physically to give you an indication as well that you are tipping from tolerable stress to intolerable stress. One of the first issues that you'll see whether you are a teenager or an adult, skin issues. So you might notice you break out more than usual, and this is because of an excessive production of stress hormone, cortisol. It can affect your skin. You might start noticing redness or flushing in your cheeks. Now, middle age, we get told it's, what is it? Rosea, or I don't know what it is, but anyway, they want to do IPL and all this stuff on your face to reduce it. Laser, beautiful. However, you've got to start going, oh, but why is that? If you don't have it normally, go why is that happening is it a sign of stress it's all little indicators your body will tell you what it needs Um, the other thing with skin is rashes or eczema and this is bit so if you've got rashes or eczema it's not that that is always stress we look at are you seeing this be increasing or becoming more of a problem than usual that can generally be a sign of stress okay next thing frequent colds too much stress can wear a person down and when this happens the immune system starts to become compromised and you start getting colds quite frequently the worst part is the colds might be accompanied by other sicknesses leaving the person feeling so weak that now they're in this whole rabbit hole situation they can't get out of it next one that could be a physical symptom feeling tired and achy now it's normal to feel tired after a busy day of work it's also normal to feel achy when you've been to the gym and you've done strenuous activities throughout the day. But if you are feeling tired and achy all the time, then it can be a sign that you are going through a lot of stress. Some people may even have unexplained sleepiness. This can be caused by adrenal fatigue, which happens when the the adrenal glands get overtaxed with cortisol. Because remember, when the stress response goes off, it's literally a constant shower of um, cortisol. So constant stress can leave you feeling worn out all the time, even though you aren't performing tiring activities. It's a sign. Next one. And you know what, by the time you've gotten to this one, you are in intolerable stress, let me tell you. This is not a sign that it's coming, this is a sign that you're there. Hair falling out. This is more common than you think, and you will notice it, especially after taking a shower. And although it's normal for people to shed hair strands daily, a significant amount of hair falling out which causes thinning is a sign of stress. The beauty of getting these signs early is that when you can overcome the stress, the hair can start growing back, okay? But if you are there, take a note, you're already in it. Next one, shaky and faint feeling. So this is another sign. Um, and you might notice hands trembling. And this is because there's pent-up stress in the body, which is trying to get out. So it can manifest in the form of shaking and trembling sometimes people begin to feel faint and this is because um your blood pressure can drop suddenly and this is the point where people can confuse symptoms with a full-blown panic attack shake shaky and faint is a warning sign a panic attack means we are often already in toxic stress but the shaky and faint is your warning sign another one that can do that is low blood sugar levels it leaves people weak so shaking in a quick need or um, getting a quick snack. Uh, It's usually associated with emotional stress. So if you feel like your blood sugar levels are low, maybe because you're tipping into intolerable stress. So what makes up the elements of positive stress? Just give me two seconds because I've got something in my screen that should not be there, okay. So what makes up elements of positive stress? Research tells us that positive stress and distress can actually occur at the same time when you first encounter a stressor, okay? So positive stress is more likely to prevail, however, if you have had positive experiences and outcomes with stress in the past. So if you have been able to handle, so if you've been exposed to stress and you've been able to overcome it because you've built resilience, then you're more likely to um, approach stress with a more positive outlook than if you haven't before so that can cause the distress so i want to make sure you understand that if you don't let me know in the chat and i'll re um, i'll re-explain it once the stressor is gone positive stress leaves you upbeat exhilarated rather than dejected when the stress is over your stress system is turned down and you return to your former state of balance so what are some examples of positive stress a desired physical activity it's something you're looking forward to I'm sure there are a lot of people rolling their eyes at this one and no it won't always trigger the same response in everyone but it's how you think about it that makes the stress not the actual event itself so ask yourself are you turning a positive stressor into a negative one if yes Find a new positive, don't eliminate it, okay? Winning in sports is a really good example of positive stress. It builds up this, you get that apprehension before you go in, but you're feeling exhilarated at the end of it. And you know what? Even if you've lost, you'll find that you're pissed off that you lost the game, but you're still going to be on a high because you have achieved. So remember, that's one of the things to optimize um, for the brain, is a sense of achievement is part of positive effect. So the other thing, and this one's a ripper, taking an examination. This can be a sign of positive stress. Yes, the stress of an exam can be also negative, but it's positive because it stimulates your brain and learning. So does ongoing discussions about exams being the be-all and end-all of your life make it positive? Absolutely not. But don't go the other way and want to remove all exams from schooling. Is it may do more damage than we realize the excitement of falling in love oh how lovely um, it gives positive that's positive stress because the excitement that it comes also comes with a whole set of bloody challenges so positive negative beautiful we had a bit of a chat about this one um, last week planning of um, planning a wedding could be the most stressful event of your life but also you know the the nerves and the excitement that are attached to it give you both positive and distress at the same time plenty of vacation having a baby meeting a work deadline they can all be positive stress um, and here's this one managing the daily repetitive stress of a job yes the mundane boring bits they can be positive for us if however you stay on high alert in any of those situations and remain revved up, instead your good stress can evolve into the symptoms of tolerable stress. So your key activator there is longevity. The longer you stay in that space, the harder it is for you to turn off the response system. And the challenge, and really I like to turn this into a bit of a competition, the quicker you can catch it and the quicker you can adapt and go back to positive, The better off you're gonna be. So I always like to have a little game with myself. Oh, how long did that take before I realised and before I got myself back? And you know what? When you do it like that, um I can get it down pat sometimes. Five minutes, beautiful. Five minutes is good. Sometimes I know I'm gonna be in it for longer, but you know, I've got people coming to me by the time that and they have been in in tolerable or, or toxic stress for years. It's not good. Increasing positive stress in the workplace is of current interest because stress in the workplace is a major source of distress and poor work performance and productivity. But, you know, we have it's such a fine balance because you can't take it all away. You've got to have some of it there. Now, these are specific steps and important factors that help you view and respond to stress and that you can take to build positive stress and make stress work for you one a belief system and mindset of hope great expectations and a positive outlook on life number two belief in yourself and your ability to manage the task or the stressor number three your perception that you have the power and can control over the situation number four you expect the best of yourself and others expect the same number five expectation of a reward they can be the five things the the five factors that will help you view and respond to stress that can help you keep it building as positive stress and making it work for you so the end goal make positive stress work for you positive stress can help you accomplish an important task and also assist you in all the things we talked about so what's the best way to keep your stress in check come up with a mantra creating a mantra for yourself during busy times can help you stay positive and enforce your belief in yourself now mantras can be simple such as I can do this or I've got this covered but it must be something you can relate to and believe I've mentioned before that mine is you know back the truck up it's something I say and it sounds like me and that's important don't bother using a mantra that doesn't sound like you I can't sit in the middle of the stress and say, I can do this. It just doesn't work for me. It's because it's not something that I would say. Think of something that works for you and own it. Use it every time. Consistency created as a habit, a helpful one. Once you have your mantra, you continue to enforce it. You can actually set a reminder on your phone so your mantra pops up once a day to remind you of what it is. Repeat it to yourself before going to bed will strengthen your belief in yourself which is the number one thing we can do to help manage stress okay next week we are heading into new territory and it's all about change change is here some love it some hate it but it's coming so what will we do with it any questions send me a DM and I will see you next week